Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Hey, let's hit it real quick. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. Long way to go. A little bit of time to get there. Long way to go, a little bit of time to get there. All right, hey, I wasn't here last week, but I heard, man, it was amazing, and Alex did a phenomenal job just sharing Papa's heart with us. Come on, were you blessed by last week? Absolutely love it. I was telling somebody uh, this morning, Alex walks on water, like uh, like, like legitimately walks. That's what his wife told me, by the way, so I'm not just saying that. So Darla was like, he walks on water, so seeing him take a shower has got to be crazy. But anyway, so... Good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, listen, I'm going to just dive right into some truth here and just let you guys kind of journey along with us. We've been talking about identity now for maybe four or five weeks, and um, I want to just kind of drill into that. I want to be done by about 1230. I know people got plans for today, and I don't want to hold you back. So I want you to listen fast. I might talk fast, but I want you to listen fast, okay? That all right? So, all right, Katie, I'm going to just start at 1 John 3, I think. And then we're just going to just start jumping around. I got a lot of scripture I would love to read. First John 3, then we'll go to John 1, Genesis 1, and just keep bouncing around a little bit. First John chapter 3. Katie, you can throw that up there when you get good and ready. Keep my Bible just in case. This is John. This is the disciple of John, the youngest of the disciples, the disciple that lived the longest, the disciple that wrote St. John, the disciple that also wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and the disciple that wrote the book of Revelation, okay? Um, This is John, okay? He says this, look, behold, what manner of love that the Father has what? Where did he bestow it on? Who did he bestow it on? Right? One translation says he lavished it. So whether you know it or not, he says you smeared in love and you can't do nothing about it. Y'all are quiet. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. He says this, that we should be called what? Of who? Why? That should never get old to you. That should never lose the wow factor to you. Most people, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm God's child. That's a good chance to me that you've never actually caught what the Lord was saying there. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called. It's got an exclamation mark. So he's writing like this, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Next verse. Did I just give you one verse from there? Or did I give you more? Beloved, now. Everybody say now. When? I want you to get this. Some people believe that one day they're going to be God's kid. No. Beloved, now, man, I'm going to throw my Bible. Now we are children of God. Not when you quit cussing, messing around, stop sinning, get perfect church attendance, memorize 50 Bible verses, cast out your first demon, prophesy for the first time, get a word of knowledge, have an angelic visitation, get to preach a sermon, and now I'm a child of God. That's not what John said. Beloved, now we are children of God. 
And it has not even been revealed what we shall be. But this we do know that when Jesus is revealed, we will be like him for we shall see him as he is. Wow. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he, Jesus, is pure. Let's look at John 1.12. I can really quote all these, but I just want to. Once again, it's America, so if you don't read the Bible, people get upset. It's so funny to me. John 1, 12. I love this. But as many as received him, him and Jesus. Right? The, first ver- the verse before this says Jesus came into his own, meaning the Jews, and the Jews didn't receive him. But as many as did receive Jesus to those people, he gave the power or the right of passage to become... You see that? Talk about identity. To become children of God. This is to those who believe on his name. Let's go, Katie, to Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. I'm about to do drive-by scripture on y'all. Y'all ain't ready for this. This is Genesis chapter one. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields what? Seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its what? Kind whose seed is where? On the earth. And it was so. Next verse. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yield seed according to its kind. In other words, every seed produces after its own what? kind and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its own kind and God saw that it was good maybe um I'll read well Galatians 2 20 we can throw that up there too might as well go ahead and read it since I already talked about it Galatians 2 20 I think I gave you that one I give you that one Katie no I'm a failure in life okay okay Galatians 2 20 So we've been talking about identity um, for a little while, and I just want to hit on it. Here's what Paul says. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. It is no longer what? (laughs) Anyway, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ is alive in me. And matter of fact, the life, the Zoe that I'm now living in this flesh, I'm living by not faith in God. Bad translation, really by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I want to continue talking about identity. So some things we've talked about over the last five weeks or so is this. You are not defined by your struggle. Now y'all should have said amen right there. You are not defined by your issue. You are not defined by the place you missed it. So I know people that haven't you know, drank alcohol in like 10 years, but they still say, I'm, 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 a, I'm an alcoholic. I'm like, where'd you get that label from? Right? So we, even in the church, we define and we label people based on the places they miss it. So we talked about this. You should not be defined or receive your identity just because you had a few experiences in life. Remember, we talked about this right here. You are not the temptations that you resist. That's good. I am not the temptations I resist, right? 
So you are not your struggle and you don't receive identity based on your struggles in life. That's a big, big deal. So we believe this, that we receive our identity from the being that made us. The producer alone reserves the right to tell the product what it is. The producer alone reserves the right to tell the product what it is. Not only what it is, how it is to function, what it is to be used for. The creator reserves the right to tell his creation who they are, how they are to live. Any time you don't know the purpose for something, that thing will be abused. Anything you don't know the purpose of, you will abuse it. A man that don't know the purpose of his life might put something in his arm. If I don't know the purpose of a phone, I can try to make a hammer out of it. And can I hammer with it for a little bit? But what's it going to do pretty quickly? Break down. Because anytime purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. Selah. Pause, comment, think about what you just heard. Anytime a purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. If you don't know the purpose of a spouse, you can abuse one real quickly. Right? This is why identity is so important. Some people don't know the purpose of life, so they spend their whole life just trying to make money. <laughs> and they find out that they never got enough because there's always more to be made. And I'm comparing myself with, with Michael or with Jacob. Oh, and they got a new car. Now I got to go get one. And they got a new house. And now I got to go get one. And now they had a kid. Now I, I want to go have one. And she got her nails done. Now I want to go get my nails done. And this crazy stuff ends up erupting in our life simply because we don't know who we are. But if God alone reserves the right to tell us who we are, what has he said about us? I want you to hear this, man, the greatest thing that can be said about a person right now to my knowledge is this, is that you are in Christ. So 164 times Paul says, uses the terminology in Christ or of Christ, 164 times in his epistles. To be in Christ literally means and tells us whose we are. To be in Christ tells us where we are. To be in Christ tells us who we are. And to be in Christ tells us what we have. I'm going to say it again. To be in Christ describes whose we are, who we are, where we are, and what we have. It would be a tragedy if I bought you a new home, but I kept finding you at your old address. You say, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know I had a new one. I'm telling you, you are in Christ Jesus right now. Remember this right here? The last few weeks when I was here, we talked about this. One side was Adam. Another side was Christ Jesus. 
This is the New Testament or the New Covenant. This is the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. And your Bible is divided into two halves for a reason. And we now live in the New Covenant, yet most believers have never been educated or taught, myself included, prior to very recently, about living the difference here. Jesus said at the Last Supper, behold, I'm making a new covenant with you and a lot of us don't know that we live in the real new it's the real new age it's the age of grace so we live in a new age or a new covenant but yet we live in it with old testament mindsets Old covenant mindsets and an old covenant mind. When you mix old covenant mentalities and your identity with new covenant mentalities, you do not get the best of both. You only get the worst of both. I'm going to throw this whiteboard. God loves so far back there. Do you hear what I said? When you mingle these mindsets, you well, I like both of them. No, you don't get the best of both. You get the worst of both. You can never mix Adam and Jesus. It doesn't work that way. The last message I gave here, I'm not a guy that gets a lot of visions, but I was standing here trying to end service, and I literally saw in my heart, I saw Jesus, I saw Adam walk up to Jesus, Alyssa, and grab his hand, and he said, Jesus, I have no reason why they keep comparing what I did to them with what you did for them. One completely eclipses the other. You and I, by way of Jesus, have been forever united as sons and daughters of God. But do we live life as if that was true? Jesus is the accurate opinion of what the Father has to say about us. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I said, Jesus is the accurate opinion. If you go to Brother Moses to find out what God says about you, I'm sorry for you. If you get to go to Brother Abraham to find out what God says about you, I'm sorry about you. If you go to Brother David, I'm sorry about you. If you go to Ehud, I'm sorry for you. If you go to Elijah, I'm sorry for you. If you go to Adam or anybody that came out of him, I'm sorry for you. The accurate Opinion of what the Father has to say about us can only be seen in the one and truly omen, one and true human being, and his name is Jesus. Wow. Right? I made a statement here. Before we were temporarily lost in Adam, we were already permanently found in Jesus. It's quite up in this Baptist church. No, we're not Baptist, but you get the point. I said before we were temporarily lost in Adam, we were already permanently found in Jesus. (laughs) Remember this? Most of our theology starts with a man falling in a garden, but our problem is we didn't go back far enough. Because we all have a history before we existed. I wish I could say this the way I feel it in my heart. You and I existed before we existed. Paul says this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. 
And then he talks about those whom God foreknew that he chose to be adopted into his son Jesus before the foundations of the world. Everybody say foundations. There's two words for foundations in the Greek that I found out. Two in the Bible. One is like, it sounds like catapult, but I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong. The other one I can't even pronounce. One of them means foundation like you think, like the foundation of a house. But the lamb that was slain before the foundation and the one that God chose before the foundation, that's not the same word as foundation. It literally, that, that word foundation, I found out this week, it literally means before the uprising. It's like, it's like an overthrow type foundation. And God says before the overthrow of Adam happened, I had already chosen you. Before the takeover tried to take place, I had already chosen you in my son. In other words, I had already given you identity in Jesus before you let one where come out. Before you came out of the womb, before you made one straight A on your report card, before you hit one home run, before you read your first book, before you, you, you know, you, before you jotted down your first letter, before you went to pre-K, I had already said, you are mine. In other words, I had already identified you as my son before you ever even came to the planet so that nothing Adam did can ever identify you unless you let it. unless you let it wow because of Christ Jesus we now have union participation and identification with our father because of Jesus as sons we now have union participation and identification with father with Abba So every seed produces after its own kind. If every seed produces after its own kind, throw up John 12 for me. Did I give you John 12? If every seed produces after its own kind, I want you to see this. Talk about identity as sons. This is this right here. I may legitimately throw my Bible. This is so good for me. I read this this week and I thought, oh my God, there's just another reinforcement to truth. It says there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. And then they came to Philip. They said, Philip, who was from Bethesda of Galilee, they said, look, sir, we we really want to see Jesus. They're talking to one of Jesus' disciples. We want to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus, hey, look, you got these guys outside. They want to see you. Jesus will say some crazy stuff. Jesus answered this question. I'm like, you didn't even answer the question. He just all off cuff. But Jesus answered them saying, the hours come. I mean, I'm like, come on, dude. Look, just say, you gonna come outside and see him or not? Here's Jesus. The the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Hold on, they're like, what are you? What are you? Ain't nobody talking about glorification. I'm just talking about, look, they want to see you. They gotta go back to Greece. They want to see you. The hours come. The Son of Man must be glorified. Right? Then he just keeps on talking. Most assuredly, I don't know why I talk like that, but I say to you, <laughs> I say to you. Unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die. <laughs> seed. If I say seed, <clears throat> it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He said, they want to see me. I'm going to let them see me. I am a seed. I'm fixing to fall into the ground and die. Because if I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll remain alone. 
But if I die and every seed produces after its own kind, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to produce meat in every person. If they want to see me, they ain't going to have to come to Jerusalem to see me anymore. They can see me right there in Greece. If they want to see me, they don't got to come to the Holy City anymore and see me. They can see me in Walmart. They can see me in Home Depot. And I want, here's the revelation of the seed. Do you understand that every seed produces after its own kind? An apple tree will never produce an orange. A dog is never going to have a monkey. It is not going to happen. Why? Because every seed produces after its own kind. So what we got to get is this, is what tree or seed did we come from? And if every seed produces after its own kind, you can look at where you came from and tell, I'm going to be of this kind. I am not of the kind of an alcoholic. I am not of the kind of an adulterer. I am not of the kind of a sinful person. I'm not saying I haven't sinned or that I won't sin. I'm just simply saying that's not my kind. But you and I are from the God class. You are from the God kind. Every seed produces after its own kind. You're from the holy kind, the wise kind. You understand that? You're from the miracle working kind. You're from the kind that with his fingertips drives out darkness by giving way to light. That's the kind you're from. You're from the breakthrough kind. You're from the dead getting up from the grave kind. You're from the calming storm kind. You're from the kind that loved people that were nothing like him, yet nobody, everybody that was not like Jesus still loved him. That's your kind. That's your kind. Every seed produces after its own kind. Then what kind did I come from? Where is my identity found at? Look no further than Jesus, friends. Come here, God. Love everybody. Say, hey, Adam. Come here, Aaron. Come here, whole front row right there. Come, 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 come. This is Adam. Just look that way toward this. This is Adam. Come on. From Adam... All mankind, yep, just looking that way. You guys just join hands. From Adam, before Jesus came and we had all this great revelation that I'm dropping on y'all, all thing we knew is our identity came from Adam. Adam started out beautifully in Eden, and Eden literally means paradise of pleasure, by the way, in Hebrew. That's literally what the word means. He was living in paradise and pleasure with his father coming to see him every single day in a the garden. Then Adam fell, as theologians call it. He fell. The thing about that is Adam failed, but his failing didn't just affect him and Eve. It affected everything. Watch this. Don't jump now. It affected everything that he was carrying. It affected everyone he was carrying. Right? Bible teachers teach this. In Adam's fall, we sinned all. Listen, from Adam to 2022 years later, Human beings could be affected by what this man did had not Jesus Christ come. But people still, even in our day, reach all the way back and we reach from one covenant to a whole nother covenant to a man that's no longer living and say, I'm this way because of what that man did. Why, if we didn't choose to be sinners... Yeah, Jesus, we didn't make a choice to be that. Why was I affected by what he did? Because he carried us when he did the deed. 
He was, prior to Christ, the fountainhead of all humanity. Oh, but here comes gospel. What was the Father to do? St. Athanasius said, what was God to do with his creation? He could start all over, get rid of everybody, but what was God to do? What would he do with his kids? And instead of starting over, I've said this many times, I used to make CDs for my father-in-law in his ministry. And if the master CD had a skip at three minutes and 23 seconds, you had what they call the master sleeve, and then the other nine slots were called slaves. And the slaves would have to produce what was on the master. So at three minutes and 23 seconds, there would be a skip here, and a skip here, and a skip here, and a skip here, and a skip here. Because what was on the slaves or the sons was the same thing that was on the father. You tracking with me? So St. Athanasius says, what was God to do with this dilemma? What was he to do? What was he going to do? You know what? By way of revelation, you know what Paul writes? Come here, Jesus. Ain't you glad? You could have been anybody. You could have been somebody way down the line, Jesus. (laughs) God, in foresight, didn't send Jesus after Adam. Remember, (laughs) the scripture says that Jesus is actually the lamb slain when? Before the foundations, not before the bottom of the earth was formed, foundations. He's before the overthrow. He came before the revolt. So Jesus was not a secondary knee-jerk reaction because Adam fell. Jesus was always God's plan A, not Adam. Jesus was always the plan A of God. So Jesus comes not after Adam fell. He did in time, but he had already come in eternity. Anyway, so, 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 so Jesus comes, watch this, and in the place of Adam, 1 Corinthians 15 calls Jesus, not the second Adam, calls him the last Adam. And he picks up where the first Adam left off because the only way to fix the problem in the sons is you had to go and become like one of them. So God didn't send an angel to fly from the heavens to fix humanity. He had a much better plan. Hebrews 2 said God didn't take upon himself the nature of an angel, but he took upon himself the seed of Abraham, Jesus. And Jesus Christ comes and says the same way that the first Adam passed unto you every defect in his being, in his makeup. I'm coming now as the last Adam. Watch this. And everything that rippled effect throughout all of humanity, past, present, and future. Adam affected everybody from his point onward. Jesus comes to affect everybody past, present, and future. We used to sing a song. We used to believe this kind of stuff in church. We don't believe it much anymore. We would sing about, oh, the blood. That gives me strength from day to day. And we would say it reaches to the what? Highest valley. And we would say it flows to the lowest, the highest mountain. It flows, it flows to the lowest valley. We used to believe that stuff. The blood of Jesus. Now, when he got connected as the, not the first, not the second, but as the last Adam, as the eschatos Adam, he was saying this, everything that's ever going to be wrong with every man, past, present, and future, I am assuming it unto myself. I am consuming it. I am drawing it to me. And everything from Adam 
until the end of all days, Jesus said, I'm reversing it all the way back to me so that every sin, past, present, and future, and all of humanity would be assumed by the Christ. Poof. Jesus Christ did not sin to become a sinner, yet he took upon himself sin. This is the gospel. And he assumed it. And you know what he did? Jesus tricked death. Thank you. I said, Jesus tricked death. Now consume me who is perfection. (laughs) And Jesus tricked death and died. Come on, Taylor, for me, man. Jesus tricked death. He who knew no sin became sin for us, not by sinning, but he assumed it. And a perfect man dying because of sin that he never committed, but yet he assumed all the sin of all humanity upon himself. In the same way, the first Adam got us into this mess. The last Adam said, that's okay. You fell in a garden at a tree. I'm coming back at a garden and on another tree. I'm going to reverse the curse that Adam released on the planet so that you might be rightly identified. Jesus. In the same way, Adam, your wife was part of getting you into this mess because of the fruit that she ate and offered it to you. I'm going to come back and I'm going to give birth to a better bride. Her name is going to be called. This is this is the real Eve. She's going to be called the bride of Christ. The same way, Adam, your bride came out of your side in a garden when you got put to sleep. They're going to pierce me on a cross. And you know what happens at every birth? What comes out every birth, ladies? Blood and what? Water. You know what happened when they pierced the side of Christ? Blood and water came out. Why? Because I'm giving birth to my bride. And you fell at a tree in a garden, but I'm giving life on a tree. Come on, you see the gospel? You see the gospel? Jesus was not just a good man, and no, he wasn't just God. He was literally the embodiment of everything humanity was meant to be. This is the gospel, man. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. Adam's sin is known as original sin. Why? Because in original sin, he was trying to do something to become who he already was. Listen, he was trying to do something to become who he already was, and that was good. You were good because God said you were good. Matter of fact, he said you're good, good when he made Adam. And here comes Jesus, the righteous branch. You could say he was divine as he said. To show us what it was really like to be a human identified by God, his son. Jesus, man. I sat yesterday. We're working at dance studio and got these thoughts coming through my mind. And I'm trying to, you can, if you had to number every sin for all humanity, past, present, you could never do it. But Christ took everything single one of them. You know, he didn't fall walking up Golgotha's hill because the weight of the cross And the wood was heavy. He really fell because he bore the weight of all humanity, past, present, and future in sin. That's why he fell. He had Atea's weight on there. Ben's weight. huh? He had Brianna's weight. He had Josh's weight. He had Josh's weight. He had Peter's weight. He fell. 
And in falling, you know what he says? Behold, I'm making all things new. What are you talking about? Man, they're mangling you. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about the same way. Adam ruined everything. I'm making all things new. I'm making all things new. This is the price that's worth it. I'm making all things new. I'm making all things new. I'm making all things new. Jesus just didn't die his death. He died the death of every human being. So that he can gather together every fallen man that fell in Adam. And gather them by way of union back into himself. So that you and I can all be part of this great circle dance as the third and fourth century fathers called it. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Man, I saw this yesterday. I'm done. We're closing. We're in on time. Two minutes, maybe. I'm going to just open up the altars. and I, I'm not going to ask people to come and pray for you. I just want to give you time to linger if you want to. I don't care if the struggle came from Adam or your great, great, great grandfather. We all have things that we say we deal with, man. But can you literally see Jesus assuming and pulling all of that to himself and doing away with it? When that happens, I'm telling you what used to be a struggle in your mind, it begins to give way to the already finished work of Jesus. This is the gospel. Father, I pray right now that the finished work of the cross and what your son has accomplished that the full weight of it would come to bear on our hearts right now in Jesus' name. If you're in this room and you've never been awakened to the life of Christ, I would love to give you that opportunity to be awakened to the life of Christ. How do you do that? Just simply say, Jesus, I see you and I believe on you. And I'm telling you, you'll be awakened to what he's already done for you. It's the most beautiful thing that could ever happen in your life. If there is a particular issue or something that you're dealing with, I mean, in church, we like to call things generational curses. I'm telling you, I'm living off the generational blessing of the last Adam that has been passed down through my bloodline because it goes back to Adam. And whether I like it or not, that blood still reaches to the highest of mountains and it still flows to the lowest of valleys. And I'm telling you, it will never, ever ever lose its power. Because it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. Come on, y'all sing. The blood that gives me strength from day from Adam to Christ to day. Hey, this is my hope. This is my hope. If you want prayer, I would ask you to come to the front. If I got to myself, I'll pray with you. I just want you to come and linger in this truth. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Taylor, if you'll just play for a little bit. If you want to be a part of our way home, Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. 
if you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can. You can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.